And we are live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the final broadcast of Toxic Masculinity. I am sorry to say, very sad to say, very sad day. But look who we have here. <laughs> Valeria, the wife. And, uh, yeah, she disappeared like the very last second. I'm all ready to go. I got everything set up. I'm about to hit lot, you know. And I'm like, what happened to Valeria? I'm looking all over the apartment. She's totally gone, completely like vanished. Her phone's there. Her purse is there. Everything's here. I'm like, I even walked outside into the hall. I'm like, what the hell happened to her? She comes in, you know, three minutes after six. She's like, hey, sorry, I'm doing laundry. <laughs> so that's just how these things sometimes go. I, I have said it before and I'll say it. Well, I guess this might be the last time I'm saying it, but this is the least professional show on YouTube. Uh, I'm Toxic, she's Masculine, together we are Toxic Masculinity. Darling, shall we do the intro? I guess so. Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Boom. Boom. Toxic Masculinity. <clears throat> All right, so uh, is there anything going on in our lives that the people might be interested in besides oh hello aston wants to say goodbye i guess i think he's sad that the show's ending did you send me articles i did not send you articles it's been so long that you've been on the show that Sorry, i've forgotten I was working. That something that we do here on toxic masculine she has been working quite feverishly which is totally unnecessary because, you know... It's totally necessary. I make enough money for us. But, I know he does, but... Uh, but she likes to make money. She likes her job. All right, there you go. Stories have been sent. Thank you, darling. Yes. Um, all right, hold on one moment. All right, there we are. And, uh, but yeah, so I... What are people saying? What are people saying? Yeah, tonight's top story, final show. Well, kind of. Our top story is on toxic masculinity. Uh, Ashley, who you all know and love, did end up uh, finding an article. The, the term toxic masculinity has been in the news a bit recently. Did you find the articles with the most complicated names, <laughs> titles? Uh, do you want me to read the articles first so that you know what they are? Just so that it's not confusing when you do have to read them? No, I think just... I'll do it. I'll do it. Let's have a look. Okay, so the articles are here. Beware. Common traits of toxic masculinity include... Oh, sorry. That's not supposed to be stoicism. That's supposed to be toughness. Thank you. You can change that. Toughness and self-sufficiency. Okay. Beware. Common traits of toxic masculinity include toughness and self-sufficiency. Can you say it exactly like that? Second article... Federal court strikes down race-based bailouts. Okay. Bit of a tongue twister. And number three, BLM founder Patrice Kahn... Honestly, it's the last show. Have a little respect, Aston. BLM founder Patrice Conman Colors quits BLM. Got it? Got it. And I would like to say that today's episode is brought to you by Celsius Beverages. Larry's drinking one, and I'm drinking one, too. They do not sponsor the show, but you know who they do sponsor? Teenage Instagram models everywhere. And really? so I think, I, oh, yeah, you've never been on Instagram and seen Instagram models show off there. I know the one thing about this um, energy drinks, that this is at least, uh, 
I wouldn't say harm, harm, harmful. The least harmful, right, right. Yeah, because... Well, I have to say, I don't actually know any teenage Instagram models. I only know 20-something Instagram models from L.A. area. But they all seem to be sponsored by Celsius. And so I can only assume that teenage girls are also sponsored by Celsius. But I couldn't, I couldn't really confirm that. I just think it's a funnier more specific demographic to talk about. But um, yeah, for some reason, Celsius sponsors Instagram models like crazy. And so therefore, I feel, by drinking Celsius, I feel, this was, this was the punchline before I was so rudely interrupted. It, you know, I feel like now I'm just like a teenage Instagram model by drinking this. That was supposed to be the joke, okay. but you ruined it. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Maybe there will be babies for them soon. Well, we've decided that we will have children when we have a house, and we've decided to postpone buying a house. Well, for one thing, we don't have enough money. But once we do get enough money, we're still probably going to postpone the house buying until the housing market comes down to reasonable levels. Because right now we're in a little bit of a bubble. We're in a bit of a spike. Buying a house now is is bad, a bad financial move, we think. Uh, but jumping into crypto at the moment is great because it's dipped down to un unbelievable, unbelievably low levels. Um, all right, so do you don't have any news? Nothing, nothing exciting coming up. Nothing, no. nothing interesting. Um, I I was uh, I spent the whole morning analyzing my YouTube channel, Mr. Reagan, because I have a, a new group that's representing my channel. It's it. These groups are known as uh, multi-channel networks, MCNs, and they did an analysis of my channel and gave me some uh, gave me some recommendations how to optimize my viewership and my s subscriber growth. And they said, before we do this analysis, do you have any um, suggestions? Do you have any concerns? And so I wrote them a pretty lengthy um, explanation of the what I consider to be the strangulation of my the growth of my channel by YouTube intentionally intentionally strangling my channel because i'm a conservative youtuber and when i got my analysis back they go hey congratulations we finished your analysis have a look is there is there funny uh comments yeah all right go for it uh jeff says after he says she doesn't have to work because he's got so much money then says they don't have enough money well we well, i mean we have we're making decent money but we can't afford to buy a house a house is a very expensive thing and I was poor for most Not of my life. Not in Texas. <laughs> Not in Texas. That's true. We could go to Texas, um, which may which may happen. We'll, we haven't decided yet. But uh, but so anyway, when I got the analysis back, it had nothing nothing about YouTube constricting my channel or any anything. Didn't address any of those concerns. So I said, it. it, it I mean, the recommendations were ridiculous. It was like, if you want more viewers, you should make your thumbnails really colorful. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we address the elephant in the room, which is shadow banning, maybe I can start addressing putting a few more colors in my thumbnails. Uh, but whatever. Anyway, so I I comment, I, I you know emailed them back. I said, look, can you guys maybe address these concerns? So the analyst that did my the analysis of my channel had the gall, had the gall. Okay, I used to get... I did the numbers, okay, and I used to get over 100,000 views per video. On average, 100,000 views per video, that was the average for my channel. Now, I average, I think that the number was 30,000 views per video. 
So I've I've knocked down by a third. That's just that's just my views per video. It may even be less than that. I think it was like 25% actually because it was over 100,000 views uh, before. So I've got 25% what I used to get on my channel. And this this guy has the gall to tell me that the that the reason that for this drop is because during the election period, right, between like say August and November of 2020, there was this massive spike in interest in political videos and now there's like much much less interest in political videos you know after the election cycle which is actually true what he's saying is true but that doesn't explain dropping to 25 percent of what i was getting typically before the yeah certainly i saw a spike in numbers during the election of course everybody did all of us political folks did and then we saw a drop afterwards naturally of course we did did but we shouldn't see a 25 percent uh, 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 view rate and and now I'm getting I'm not even joking the last 25 videos on average I've actually lost subscribers I've actually lost an average of eight subscribers per video when I used to get I don't remember what the number is but I used to get something like I think it's uh well here I have over 600 subscribers per video I used to get uh, an average of 600 subscribers per video growth I think I think in the longer period Typically, I was getting over a thousand. I was getting over a thousand subscribers per video, every single video I would post. And now I'm getting negative eight. There's no explanation for this. There's no. So there is no more, no new subscribers. Yeah, there's at actually all? minus subscribers, negative eight per mm. per video. And then what? The the really awful thing was that you could say, okay, there's less interest in your videos. That could explain it. Sure. Except they have something called click-through rate, which means that if you see a thumbnail, do you click on it? Do you not click on it? And my click-through rate has actually grown higher more recently uh, than it was uh, at the time when I was getting a 1,000 views per video. My click-through rate is actually higher, so my videos are performing better than they used to do uh, in terms of the interest of the population, and yet I'm getting few. So I'm pissed off. So I spent all morning, I spent several hours this morning doing analysis of all my videos. Let's see here. SD guy 2020 says, y'all should move to the East Coast. A lot of land is still somewhat cheap. Also, the Groypers in America First is inevitable. I usually in, uh, listen to the show the day after. It was good content. Thanks so much, man. Um, the Groypers, the Groypers. Yeah, I'm, I, I have a connection to those guys. Uh, I'm not, uh, obviously we have different p political views, significant political views. Um, the problem is, despite the fact that I think a lot of the views of the Groypers are totally wrong, uh, a lot of the guys are good guys. You know, they're decent guys. So, uh, you know, I don't want to uh, badmouth these guys. Um, I think a lot of times their heart is in the right place. Um, but yeah, me and Nick Fuentes don't get along on, on, on a lot of things. A lot of things we do get I mean, if you're a conservative, you know, you have pretty much similar views to other conservatives, even if some of them have insane views on certain <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Enough talking about my personal problems with my channel. Um, let's move on to something that we can all enjoy: the news. Let's move on to the news, darling. Yes. Would you like to read <laughs> the first story? Yeah. Beware! Common traits of toxic masculinity include the toughness. And self-sufficiency. Yes. Common traits. 
common traits. Common traits of, of did what I is say, it? Toxic masculinity? Did I say it wrong? No, no, you said it perfect. Yeah. Common traits of toxic masculinity, guys. Contain. Watch, watch for it. They may include toughness and self-sufficiency. So, you know, be afraid. Be very afraid. Up oh, there, we got Valeria in there. I'm gonna move your, gonna move your thing slightly if you don't mind. Boom, boom. You haven't been here so long. Everything's messed up. All right, there we go. So, there's this article out that's come out. It's about toxic masculinity. And this is written by. You know, an SJW woke leftist, as you can tell by the image she chose for a toxically masculine male. She picked possibly the most beta picture of a guy I could possibly imagine. He's got... You, you mean know, because because he's got, he's got the, the top button, button up buttons. all the way up? Yeah, like a British guy, which is fine. If you're a British, they do that. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're weak or pathetic or beta. But most British guys probably are anyway, but... <laughs> Britain isn't exactly like the the home of the toughest guys on the planet, but um, but yeah, if you're an American, do not button the top button. I mean, this is like a millennial thing. I don't know. The guys that I see do that are guys that are not gonna. They're not exactly gonna win a bar fight. You know what I mean? He's kind of like looking longingly out the window. I mean, I'm ninety nine percent sure this dude's gay. <laughs> I mean, this is not the picture of toxic masculinity, except. And, and the woman who wrote it, let's see, the woman who wrote this article, this is her. Yeah, I'm sure she is, she's just an expert on masculinity, this one. Sure you are, lady, sure you are, lady. Anyway, so she wrote this whole, like, hit piece on toxic masculinity and how we can get rid of it. Rape culture, it's not a thing. There's no, there's no such thing as rape culture. What, what is rape culture? Yes, in America, there's all, there's this massive culture of all of us guys going, uh, hey, you know that, uh, chick last night totally raped her. <laughs> There's, that's not a thing. That doesn't exist. Everyone in society recognizing recognizes that rape is a bad thing. Nobody in society. There's no rape culture. You stupid woman. All right, but anyway, but the, but she's listed these common traits as if they're if they're harmful or bad or somehow negative, right? Mental and physical toughness. You don't want that in a man. Watch out for those mentally and physically tough. Gentlemen, that's terrible. Aggression, which controlled aggression is actually very good because there are bad people in the world and you need them to back the F up. And if you don't have an aggressive male with you, they're not going to back up. What are they going to do? They're probably going to mug you. Stoicism or not displaying emotion. Yeah, yeah. Controlling your emotions, ladies. That's a terrible thing. You, what you want to be with is a man that cries. That's what you want. You don't want anybody who's stoic. You want a guy who, who expresses his emotions openly. Like an actor. <laughs> what happened? Oh, my toes got cold this morning. Uh, I didn't have time to put the avocado on it. Uh. Sexy, isn't it? This is what you want. <laughs> what you want a guy. Uh heterosexism or discriminate against people who aren't heterosexual. No, that's not true. Toxically masculine men such as myself. We, are, we do not discriminate against people who are heterosexual. We just think that we're more alpha than they are. You know, I'm watching this... Um, we do think that's a good thing, by the way. Watching this Russian, Russian-speaking uh, YouTuber. Mm -hmm. He posts videos every day about news and stuff. He's from Estonia. Uh -huh. He lives now in Poland. 
he travels a lot mm -hmm. and he is a he's a gay guy mm -hmm. every time when there is a thing about gay guys he's sometimes he's talking about his personal experience and he was like i hate those gay guys who act like a pussies he was like mm -hmm. be a man <laughs> yeah. i'm a gay guy i'm a minority i'm a jewish oh. i'm russian speaking guy from estonia oh, yeah. Yeah. be a man that's what i want gay guy talking that be a man otherwise i'm not attracted to you yeah, yeah. you know russian gay guys are more masculine than american i have a, i have men. a gay gay friend he's from ukraine yeah. he doesn't like all of those lipstick whatever heels transgenders walking on the street he was like oh my gosh like, yeah no no actually you your know? best friend in la is a gay dude my best friend in la is a gay dude and I think both of them are more masculine than a lot of like younger. Do you know my hair, my hairdresser guy? Yeah, like the big masculine. Yeah. Oh, I'm away. I know him. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> We're gonna go to a party, uh, a party with him uh, soon. I yeah, think, he, right? has he has a birthday in uh, June first. Yeah, yeah. The gay dudes that we know are they're they're as toxic toxically masculine as anyone. <laughs> Let me yeah. tell you. Um, let's see here. Uh, so this heterosexism stuff now. No. Yeah, there's a lot of beta beta guys in America. A lot of them are gay. We have a problem with the beta guys. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. If you're beta, that's kind of being weak, right? And everybody looks down on that. If you're a man and you're weak, nobody respects that because everybody expects a man to have a certain level of toughness, mental and physical toughness. These are good traits. Then she writes self-sufficiency. How is that? How is that a problem? I can't. I don't even know Can how to you address explain that. What self sufficiency. Uh, you don't have to rely on anyone or be dependent on anyone else. You rely on yourself. So, well, I don't understand. No, I don't understand either. Is the thing that you want? Of course. Especially. Yeah. If you are like. Yeah. Um. What is this? Feminist. <laughs> Feminist. Yeah. Feminists really think self-sufficiency is yeah. incredibly an independence right so yeah this woman is an idiot i think is the point we're trying to make here and then emotional insensitivity and i think that that is true uh that's something that guys could work on that's something that i think is yeah you can take a picture of the cat all right <laughs> that's something guys could work on we could be a little bit more mo emotionally sensitive to the women that are in our lives uh i'm not always you know it that's a that's an innate attribute though i think of men i don't think men are naturally um are naturally emotionally sensitive i think most men have a problem recognizing how their wife is feeling or you know we just it's a that's just a natural trait of ours it's nothing it's not like it's not like culturally we've decided i don't want to recognize when you're sad no, that's just that's just something that happens because I don't know. I guess that's the part of men that make us a holes. <laughs> and yeah, we try to work on it. You know, we try to deal with. It. Nobody wants their wife to be sad or upset, and for us not to cop onto it. Except Russians. Well, I, I think even Russian guys would prefer to understand. You know, but the thing, like this, is where all the comedy comes from in those old sitcoms where. Uh, you know, a, a woman would say, like, uh, you know, I'm pissed off at you. And the husband says, why? And she says, well, if I don't know, I'm not going to tell you. And the guy's like, all right, you know, I don't know what the hell to do about that. You know, that's a common thing with, with men and women. And that doesn't come from a cultural problem. That comes from just uh, our nature. But then here's the thing. So also in the news recently, 
I found this, which is a story about manly men, a.k.a. toxically masculine men, make better dads. The same traits that the left attributes to toxic masculinity, this study has shown from uh, out of, I think it's Ohio State University, shows that, that men with these attributes make better dads. So, I mean, this is just like scientific proof that us toxically masculine men are awesome. So, but let's read this article. Uh, Manly men make better dads, study claims. Manly men with typically, typically masculine traits may be better fathers, a new study has claimed. Researchers from the Ohio State University found that, and by the way, these researchers, they're scientists, right? Like, you know some scientists, so I've introduced you to some. They're not exactly the most manly of men. A lot of scientists are kind of intelligent, beta, right? They're intelligent, intelligent, and some of them, some of them probably are very masculine. But most scientists I've met, kind of low on the masculinity scale, right? So I doubt they were trying to find this. Whenever you find somebody who has a vested interest in finding the opposite of what they found in a research study, you know that. It, to me, that adds a lot of credibility to the study because you know these people weren't looking for this. Mm-hmm. You know, researchers from the Ohio State University found that characteristics such as competitiveness and adventurousness were linked to being better fathers to infants. Speaking of adventurousness, I don't know if I mentioned this to Valeria the other day. We're planning on going to Hawaii in July, and I have a really good friend that lives there, and he mentioned to me that in the valley uh, behind his house. You remember the valley behind his house? Where he lives, that that yeah. beautiful little valley with all the forests and everything, he says that back back in those woods, there's the, uh, the locals go pig hunting, they go hunting for wild pigs. That's cool. And I was like, we gotta do that. No. <laughs> and 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 my buddy was like, well, you can. I'm not going. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, pig hunting. How cool is that? So we may we ain't we may end up doing that. Let's see here. It actually says scientists are just a little strange, kind of like engineers. Well, I'll tell you what. I know, I know a few engineers. The, the few engineers I've met are actually pretty cool dudes. They're actually pretty tough guys. They go like rock climbing and they're cool guys. But maybe that's an odd thing. That, maybe that's just a thing uh, from my own personal experience. But anyway, let's have a look at this. Um, where was I? Where was I? Where was I? Did I go down too far? No. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Competitiveness and adventurousness. Let me read this again. Researchers from the Ohio State University found that characteristics such as competitiveness and adventurousness were linked to being better fathers to infants. While these traits are often seen as old-fashioned male stereotypes, the researchers say that they can result in more positive parenting behaviors. Professor Sarah Shope Sullivan, who led the study, said... If fathers can preserve the best of these stereotypically masculine characteristics without the negative negatives like hostile sexism, that would be good for families. But you see, the problem is they didn't go in and find that the men who had these characteristics also had some kind of negative hostile sexism characteristic. She's just making the assumption that hostile sexism comes along with that, right? Because she's, you know, she's a, she's, she's a researcher and, you know, she's, I'm sure she's a leftist. I'm sure she's a Democrat. And they all have this view of, of masculine men being, you know, hostile sexists. So she throws that in there. Like, if you can be a masculine man, but you've got, you got to cut out all the negatives. 
because they have this massive assumption that we're all these, like, you know, cavemen a-holes grabbing women by the hair and forcing them to have sex with us and then demanding that they, you know, wash our clothes down by the river using a uh, washboard. Washboard. Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't use washing machine. You use washboard down by river. (laughs) I am man. My dad kind of kind of said it to my mom recently but really because i sent i remember i sent a package to russia and some I remember, stuff yeah, we sent a bunch of crap, and yeah. i sent my dad like t-shirts like a good brand like kelvin klein you know that you would american never... stuff is like kind of precious in, in in russia it's like if if here you can buy a kelvin klein t-shirt for 15 dollars in russia with all of these taxes yeah. and brand it will cost a hundred dollars right so I sent him like five T-shirts, different good and quality not only that, brands. But we have like outlets. My and dad, stuff we can go my to. dad said, "My mom, you are not washing these T-shirts <laughs> in a washing machine. You are manually washing because it's so precious for him right now." Yeah, I'm like, yeah. "Mom, I'm so sorry." <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let's send him a couple more Calvin Klein T-shirts so that he doesn't have to worry so much about it. That's what I said. I was like, "Mom, I'm so sorry." She's like, "No, I I do some of my stuff also like." Uh, hand washing yeah, so yeah. she's okay but Delicates. it's just hilarious yeah. you know that is hilarious i love it okay so let's have a look here so um so let's move down here uh the manly traits the typical masculine traits linked to better parenting skills were in the study the researchers analyzed highly educated men in dual earning earner couples to see whether uh, having typical masculine traits improve their parenting skills. Professor Shope Sullivan said, these men are combining traditional aspects of masculinity with new nurturing ideals to create new fathering identities. No, 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 you stupid bitch. No. Uh, no, I don't care. Stop. New nurturing ideals? Okay, this is assuming that men haven't been nurturing since the dawn of time, all right? A lot of men are good fathers and have always been good fathers. There's this ridiculous stereotype that in like the 1950s, every father was just like ignoring his children and like, ha ha ha, you stupid children. You will go obey your mother and leave me to do the man work. Um, and well, I'm sure that happened occasionally. Um, I actually think that kind of happened with my dad's father because, but that's because they had seven kids in the family, right? My dad was number five. So wow. by the time my dad was born, I think my grandfather was a little overwhelmed with kids. So I think he just kind of like let my grandma deal with the kids. And so the kids, the later kids didn't get as much attention from the grand, from their father as mm. the, the sort of the older kids. I think that does sometimes happen a little bit. But uh, uh, but this idea that, that the, the new fathering ideals, come on, give me a break. Um, they may be in the midst of transforming fatherhood. No, 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 no. No. I, I hate this assumption, this belief that men were always horrible throughout time. And it's only now that we're starting to wake up. We're all woke now and we realize that men, masculinity is terrible. No, no, no. Your study shows what we've been telling you for years. Doesn't, don't, don't add to it your bull, bull crap. Okay. The men completed questionnaires during the third trimester of their partner's pregnancy, asking them to rate... On a four-point scale on uh, seven typically masculine characteristics, competitive, daring, adventurous, dominant, aggressive, courageous, and standing up to pressure. How would you say that I rate on any one of those? Competitive? One to ten. How competitive do you think I am? 
How what? What word? Competitive. Compet I don't know what's this competitive. Uh, likes to compete and win at things. You? What, from 1 to 10? Yeah. 10. <laughs> I don't think that's true. True. I've, I've calmed that down a little bit in my old age. Uh, daring. How daring am I? I da daring? Like, how yeah. dare are you? Is how this? dare you? No, it's like, it's like, if there's some kind of dangerous thing, what is the likelihood I'll jump in and do it? 10. I don't know if that's true, but yeah, I'll take it. Adventurous. 10. Okay. Dominant. 10. I'm 11. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> Aggressive. 10. Courageous. 10. Standing up to pressure. 10. I win, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and that is how you get a wife. Boom. If you don't have 10s in all those areas, at least create the impression that you do, <laughs> that you are 10 in all those areas. Okay. Uh, the member also asked how they agreed with 11 statements, including feminists are making unreasonable demands of men to assess the a negative masculine trait, hostile sexism. Feminists are making unreasonable demands of men is not hostile sexism. That's just true. <laughs> I mean... You're, host you're a hostile sexist if you think that feminists are awful? No. They just are awful. That's like looking at, the, looking at uh, an eight ball and saying it's black. Oh, this eight ball is black. Well, you're racist. No, no. It's, it's just black, you stupid idiot. <laughs> Not you, obviously. You're, you're absolutely lovely, darling. Don't kill me. <laughs> Maybe I'm not as courageous as she thinks. All right. Let's have a look at this. Okay, so meanwhile, to assess their nurturing father role beliefs, the men were asked to rate how much they agreed with nine statements, including men should share, uh, should share child care as, as uh, bathing, feeding, and dressing the child. Uh, well, the thing is, like, I, I, I do think that most men will do this when they're around. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I would say, what, what would you say about John? Would you say that J my brother John is about as masculine as me? We're pretty much the same. Yeah. And yet, whenever his kids are around, yeah, he'll change the diaper. He'll do all the same mm -hmm. stuff as Marcy's doing. Mm -hmm. um, but if they're quite young, obviously my brother can't breastfeed the kid. So there's obviously something. I mean, something... not literally. <laughs> but some dads, you know, when moms are not around. Yeah. I saw the video when the dad will put like a mask, paper mask of their mother picture. Yeah his wife picture and put like a bottle with with the thing like under his shirt so the baby will look like oh it looks like my mom okay i'll eat you know no Some i don't think the baby like can this. tell the maybe the baby can tell the face but of i would imagine that can. it would tell by the they smell can. and they will put their wife's shirt yeah oh the wife's shirt okay yeah. well maybe that okay well that's pretty weird i don't know i would just let the wife do it guys um but yeah once it gets old enough to bottle feed yeah i'm sure i'm sure the dad bottle feeds the kid. I mean, my my sister's husband, he, he carries the kids around most of the time when mm -hmm. I see them all together. Because um, the guy's stronger. Of course, he's going to carry the kid around a lot of the time, put him on his shoulders, uh, you know, feed the kid, b bathe the kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's shared, a shared responsibility for most parents. Um, but the thing is that a lot of times if it's a stay-at-home mom and the dad's at work, He's not going to be taking care of the kids, you know, anywhere near as much as the mom is. That's just a matter of, like, time management. Um, finally, the men were asked 
whether they thought men or women should provide the majority of the income from the family. Nine months after the child was born, the research researchers watched the fathers interact with the babies both by themselves and with the mother. Each father was rated on their positive parenting behavior and on how well they co-parented alongside the mother. The results revealed that the more men said they fit with the stereotypical definition of real men, the more they were rated as good parents. That is so great. I love that. However, those who showed uh, showed high levels of hostile sexism were found to have worse parenting skills. Um, but I'm curious what, what this signs of hostile sexism is. I'm, I'm curious as to what that means. I don't know what that is. Uh, maybe they'll explain it. Let's have a look here. Um, uh, unsurprisingly, men who believe that they should have a nurturing father role were also found to be better co-parents. The fathers who see themselves as competitive and adventurous and with other masculine traits tend to be, tended to really engage with their kids. They were not checked out, while the reasons for the link remains unclear. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. We're just, we're just being men. And there's this like push in our society to not be men. And when you try to be something that you're not, I think that it messes you up. I think that's all that it is. I think that's what it comes down to personally. And also if you're a stronger and more, you know, you're a stronger person, you're more confident and you don't have to go around and try to prove yourself and like, I don't know. I, I think it has to do with being a genuine person and focusing on the right priorities and being a phony. You know, I think these guys who are like beta males, I think they're phonies. And I kind of saw this when I was a little kid, right? When I was a little kid, I was probably seven years old, I think. Uh, I like girls, right? I, I I wanted to sit next to the cute girl in class, and I liked to be around the girls. I, w- I wanted to hang out with the girl, you know, the, the cute ones anyway. <laughs> and I would fight other guys to sit next to the cute girl and stuff like that. What are you doing? You texting? You got bored about my story? No. I want you to take your phone. I want you to put it in the toilet. I want you to come back. This is the last show. The last show. I know. Can we not text on the last show? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. What is it? Texted to you. No, no, no. What's what's being texted? Texted. To you. Oh, you're texting me. What is it? Oh. That is not appropriate. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, what, what the heck was I talking about? Oh, yeah. I thought girls were cute. I like girls. I like to sit next to girls. I like to fight the other guys to, for the attention of the girls and stuff like that. What was the point of this? Uh, uh, yeah, and then there was one boy who I think also liked the attention of the girls. And I remember at one point he had like this picture of puppies. And I remember he said something like, oh, look, girls, it's so cute. And all the girls came around him and they were like, yeah, it's so cute. I remember thinking to myself like, we're guys, we don't look at puppies and go, oh, they're so cute. And I recognize that this was some kind of a a ruse, a, like a scam to get the attention from the girls in class. I remember even at age seven being put off by this significantly because I was like, this, is, this guy is pretending to be kind of girly so that he can hang out with the girls, right? And I think that that's, what some, that's a strategy of some men. I think some men have this strategy of instead of trying to get attention from girls by impressing them, they want attention from girls by relating to them. And I think that when guys do that, uh, I think it like 
kind of messes them up in in a, in a way, right? They become these sort of phony girlish guys, um, and I think sometimes girls do that too, right? Sometimes with tom girl tomboys, these girls act guyish because they want to hang out with guys because they want attention from guys, and then guys will sometimes act a little girly to get attention from girls. I don't I don't think this is I think it's a little healthier of, of girls acting like a tomboy. I don't really see much of a problem with that, but a guy acting like a girl. I don't think that's a good idea. I think you should discourage your boys from doing that. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I've never seen anybody that I was like friends with or close to doing it, but I've seen other guys do I think it's a bad idea. Um, let's see here. The reason for the link remains unclear. The researchers suggest that men who use traditionally masculine characteristics at work may also be trying to find ways to apply apply them to their jobs as parents. Professor Shope Sullivan added, these dads may be saying that being a father is an important job too, and I'm going to use the same traits that help me succeed at work to make me a successful father. Uh, these researchers highlight that the fathers in the sample were highly educated and had partners who also worked, and the findings may not apply to all fathers. Well, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, look at this guy. He's he's obviously a model. That's not his kid. <laughs> That's the picture. That this guy is more like a, a normal dad with, a, with his, probably his real kid. All right. Well, I am done with that story. Um, do you have anything to say about that? No. Do you, what do you think about masculine men versus uh, versus feminine men? I remember when you came to America, you you actually mentioned to me that like you didn't expect to find any masculine men in America. You thought they were all going to be basically like Democrats, and you were yeah. shocked. And I think I said, "Well, you just you never dated any Republicans. <laughs> you never met any Republicans because we're in L.A." No, no comment. Um. Well, I wouldn't want like a too masculine, mm -hmm. like Russians guy because they're just an a holes. Yeah. So yeah. you need to have something, not in between, but. Mm, I don't know how to express. Yeah, I do that. think the whole toxic masculinity thing, like actual toxic, like masculinity that is. Something like abusive or something like that, you know, that because kind of what they mean. It sounds like Russian, like Russians, right, 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 right. you know, but not Americans because Americans are way better than Russians. Yeah, you know? no, I, I do think that there there is that tendency for some men in the world, but I think that's very specific cultures. I think Russian culture has a strain of that that's kind of virulent um, of of uh masculinity that's that goes overboard for sure and actually i think black culture in america to some degree has that where it's like you know you got to be really tough and be disrespectful to women i remember i went on somebody's podcast once this black guy from detroit and he asked the first question he asked me because he, he wasn't really familiar with white culture he lived in detroit his whole life he'd never really met any white people until he moved to la so we wanted to pick my brain about white culture and the differences between white culture and black culture and the very first question he asked me on the show was, uh, um, so do white men refer to white women as bitches? <laughs> That's what he had. The first thing he asked. And I was like, what? No, no. Like generally? What are you talking about? And everybody else in the, because we were in like a professional recording studio. And everybody else in the studio was like kind of chuckling. And uh, because it was such a bizarre, you know, cultural difference. And the guy says, okay, well, if you don't call them bitches, then what do you call women? Did you say women? Like, what What do you say? And I thought about it for a second, and I go, well, usually I just refer to women by their names. 
And everybody in the studio just starts dying laughing because it's such a different cultural thing, right? And I actually do think there's probably something toxic about the levels of aggressive masculinity that you will find in, say, black culture in America or or Russian culture or something like that. But generally in American culture, there's nothing toxic about masculinity. Masculinity uh, serves us well and obviously makes us better fathers. Well, that's what I have to say about that. The end. Would you like to read the next story, darling? You look terrified. I'm not going to keep screaming at you. I'm not terrified. Well, you look terrified. Well, it's just how I look. That's <laughs> just how I look. All right. Uh, federal court strikes <clears throat> down race-based bailouts. Right. Um, this, to me, is a pretty fantastic story. Um, federal court strikes down race-based bailouts. Well, the thing is, like... Recently, there's been this slew of executive orders and bills and laws that uh, the Biden administration is trying to push through to like help out black people, to help out people of color. And the problem with that is that they are neglecting white Americans. If you're a suffering white American, the Biden administration has no time for you. They only have time for black Americans and other Americans of color. And you, sorry, you get left out. Mm -hmm. This is absolute discrimination. This is absolute racism. This is obviously horrible. So we need the courts. We need uh, uh, lawyers. We need people who have the uh, courage to go stand up to, against these laws, you know, um, submit legislation against them, uh, legislation, litigation, submit litigation against them, and push back, right? And this is something, as soon as you hear these laws, the, like, for, at least with me, the immediate thought is, okay, somebody's going to file a lawsuit against this because this is unconstitutional, right? Mm -hmm. It's unconstitutional. You cannot discriminate in America uh, in really any way. I mean, we, we, this is why we, uh, you know, this is why we had the civil rights movement. We amended the Constitution specifically so that we would avoid this kind of thing. And now, obviously, it's being turned around and, and, um, and said, oh, if we can't discriminate against... It's like, it's like Democrats are addicted to, to racism. They're like, well, if we can't be racist against the blacks, who will we be racist to? Ooh, we could be racist against the whites. It's like they just, they're just looking for somebody to, to discriminate against. So let's go ahead and uh, have a read through this story. There's a couple of articles here that I want to look at. Um, federal court strikes down race-based restaurant bailouts and Biden's COVID-19 spending bill. Federal court, uh, sorry, a federal appeals court struck down racist provisions in President Joe Biden's partisan $1.9 trillion COVID-19 spending package that designated billions of priority financial aid to restaurants largely owned by minorities. In the two-to-one ruling issued on Thursday, why is it even a split decision? Why is it two-to-one? Who the hell is voting for this stuff? It must be like a, a, you know, like a black woman or or one of these, you know, or maybe maybe not. Maybe it's like a like one of these. It's a woman for sure. It's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be a woman. That's a horrible. That's a horrible thing to say. But in my experience, that's more likely, right? Uh, ruling issued on Thursday, the Sixth uh, Circuit Court of Appeals decided that showing favoritism to small restaurants. With at least 51% owned and controlled by women veterans or the socially and economically disadvantaged is a violation of the 14th Amendment. 
14, um, 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause, which prohibits states from making or enforcing laws that abridge the uh, privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Well, that's right. Equal protection of the law. The government cannot discriminate because you're white. They can't say, oh, no, you don't get that. We're going to give stuff out, but only to black people. In fact, I actually think that affirmative action laws are unconstitutional. I think we need to fix all of that problem. Um, in the majority opinion, Judge Amuel Thapar, I have no idea what that name comes from. It sounds like, I don't know, Malaysian or something, expressed concerns that the 21-day period slapped on the limited Small Business Administration money uh, distribution did not offer equal opportunity to those hurt by government-mandated lockdowns, including the plaintiff, Jake Bar's, Jake's Bar and Grill, which is owned by Antonio Vitoli, Vitolo, and his wife, who is Hispanic but did not qualify for the financial handout. The Small Business Administration has injected explicit racial and ethnic preferences into priority process, Thapar wrote. Under a regulation that predates the pandemic, the emergency, uh, the sorry, the agency presumes certain applicants are socially disadvantaged based solely on their race or uh, ethnicity. If you are in one of those groups, the Small Business Administration assumes you qualify as socially disadvantaged. Indeed, the only way not to qualify is if somebody comes forward with credible evidence to the contrary. Um, while the dissenting judge, Bernice Donald, woman, boom, let's have a look at her. See what she looks like. Doesn't really matter, but curious. <laughs> oh, yep, yeah, black woman. What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? <laughs> I'm like some kind of genius. <laughs> Political genius. <laughs> like a prophet. Okay. Well, the dissenting judge, Bernice Donald, claimed that the government is allowed to use race-based classifications to remediate past discrimination... Thapar also noted that, okay, sure, but there is no discrimination against these people. That You can't show any discrimination. And you certainly can't show any discrimination from all white Americans today. What the hell is she talking about? Uh, Thapar also noted that the schedule of racial preferences detailed in the government's regulation, preferences for Pakistanis but not Afghans, Japanese but not Iraqis, Hispanics but not Middle Easterners, is not supported by any record evidence at all. Yeah, Thapar is awesome. Bernice Donald, moron. How is that person a judge? Anyway. Anyway, but um, so but this is good news, guys. This is very good news. And also, also, we've got some other great news because when I was thinking of that, when I heard that story, I immediately thought about the black farmers. Because we've got all this money from the Biden administration going to black farmers. I remember hearing that and going, what the F? Why the hell are black farmers being singled out and given a bunch of money? I think it's, I read through this, like 120% of any loan balances they have. 120%? So if you have a loan out, we're going to forgive you the loan, plus we're going to give you 20% of whatever you borrowed. <laughs> like, what the, what the hell? Black farm loan forgiveness challenged. So let's go down here and have a look at this. Um, they're calling it reverse discrimination claims. It's not reverse discrimination claims. It's discrimination. Okay, there's nothing. There's no, okay. Forget the whole concept of ra reverse racism, reverse discrimination. Forget that. It's just discrimination. It's just racism. 
pure and simple. Okay, it doesn't matter if a white person is discriminating against other white people because they think that black people are discriminated against. It doesn't matter what the, what your reasoning is for. If you're discriminated against white people, that's racist. I'm sorry. Okay, that's not reverse racism. The first lawsuit. Uh, okay, so they. There was two lawsuits against this farm thing, which I didn't even know about. I hadn't heard about this in the news, but I think this is great. First lawsuit challenges the constitutionality of equal rights, considering the loan forgiveness does not apply to white farmers. It is filed by former President uh, Trump employees now working at American First Legal on behalf of Sid Miller in a private capacity, although Miller also serves as the Texas Commissioner of Agriculture. Well done, Trump people. Boom. Um... I'm not going to get into the details, but the second lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Wisconsin on behalf of five Midwest farmers from Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio, and North Dakota, or sorry, South Dakota. Why did I say North? I don't know. <laughs> Me no read so good. Um, who have direct loans with the Farm Service Agency or USDA-backed loans. They are otherwise eligible for the, the loan forgiveness program in ARPA, except for the color of their skin. I mean, the racism in America is kind of getting out of control, I think. I mean, this is what we call systemic racism, right? This is the system discriminating against white people. All the systemic racism that exists in the federal government today and in corporations, as far as I can see, it's all against white people. There is, is, there is systemic discrimination in America, but it is against white people. So be sure to, be sure to bring that up whenever anybody brings up systemic Discrimination. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I believe in systemic discrimination in America against white people. All right. Well, unless my beautiful wife has anything to add to this story, I think we might be done. Was this story? Uh-huh. The next story? Yes, please. BLM founder Pat Patrice Conman. Oh, my gosh. I can't read that. Colors. Co colors? Yeah, colors. Like, like a color green. That's a weird spelling. Okay. That's just how she spells BLM it. BLM founder Patrice Conman Collars quits Black Lives Matter. All right. Let me read how it. How can you quit? Crying out loud. How All right. Can you BLM quit founder whatever you... Patrice Conman Collars quits BLM. So you got to say it like, uh, you know, like you're yelling at somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, okay. So Patrice Conman Collars, the reason I've, I've referred to her as a con man is because it looks like she's basically just stolen a bunch of the money that was donated to BLM and she's just taken it for herself and bought a bunch of houses with it and stuff like that. I don't know all the details, but apparently she set up some kind of a company and then funneled Black Lives Matter donations to that company as if the company was doing work for Black Lives Matters or something like that. And now and now she's just taken all that money. Like she's the company just paid her personally. So she's just gotten rich off all these donations. I mean, they were making millions and millions of dollars, and now all those millions and millions have gone into the pocket of police con colors. Not, not to help black people in any kind of a way who are oppressed, which, by the way, they aren't. The whole concept of Black Lives Matter is a con to begin with because there's this idea that unarmed black men were being shot by police at, at unusually high rates you know, compared to other demographic groups. Absolutely false. What was happening was black Black men were committing crimes at higher rates than any other group. And so they were they were interacting with police officers more often per capita than any other group. And so they were being... But they were still being killed less often than unarmed white men who were interacting with police at about the same 
rate, despite being a much uh, higher percentage of the population. And um, But they were cherry-picking data to make it look like black men were being killed off at higher rates. And then they were saying, send us money because we got to protect all the black men because there's a genocide. And everybody's like, yeah, there's a genocide. And if you ask, they, they've done a few interviews where they've gone around and they've asked people how many, how many, um, I saw a survey where they said, uh, you know, how many black men, unarmed black men are killed by police every year. And I think it was something like 40 something percent. I think it was 41% or something. Or maybe it was even over fifty percent. I have to look, go back and look at it, but it was a lot. Huge percentage of of, of Democrats, leftists, believe that over a thousand unarmed black men are killed every year by police. I think in two thousand nineteen it was, I think it was nine. I think the number was nine. It depends on what survey you look at. There was another survey I saw that said it was like twenty five or something like that. But either way, it's not a thousand. You know, crazy people. But anyway, let's go ahead and read this story. Um, boom. Here we go. BLM founder police. Police. <laughs> it's funny that her name rhymes with police. I never never noticed that. BLM founder Patrice Conman Cullors resigns as executive director after right-wing smear campaign. Smear campaign, huh? Uh, over her real estate buying spree. No, no smear campaign. So she, there is like no investigation? Nothing? No, no. She's just a corrupt degenerate. I'm sure there are some journalists out there who have access to some of this information that are figuring it out, which I love. If you're if you're a journalist out there and you're working on this stuff, good for you. All right, Black Lives Matter co-founder founder Patrice Cullors resigned as executive director after what she called a smear campaign from far right wing groups after her real estate buying spree. Ms. Cullors found Black Lives founded Black Lives Matter six years ago and enriched herself, living high on the hog, and bought millions of dollars in real estate. And it, what, what's really ironic about this is that she's supposed to be a communist. <laughs> she's like, everybody deserves to be equal, except me, who deserves to be a little more equal than everybody else. <laughs> I'm spitting on myself. I'm laughing too hard. Okay, let's have a look at this. Uh, Patrice Con Cullors, Con Man Cullors, a self-described trained Marxist, has bought not one, uh, but four high-end homes, according to a new report. The militant leftists also eyed property in the Bahamas at an ultra-exclusive resort. Colors told Associated Press that she's stepping down to focus on other projects, including being rich. <laughs> uh, including the upcoming release of her second book and a multi-year TV development deal with Warner Brothers. Um, I thought she had a Netflix deal as well. She had like a big Netflix deal. The left does take care of their own, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just uh, Let's just say that. I've created the infrastructure and the support and the necessary bones and foundation so that I can leave, Color stated. Uh, what she means by infrastructure support and necessary bones and foundation is uh, by uh, is that she stole a lot of money. <laughs> that's all those things. That's what they mean. She stole a lot of money so that I can leave. Color stated. It feels like the the time is right for me to enjoy the money I stole. Patrice Color said her resignation has been in the works for about a year. And the attacks from right-wing groups had nothing to do with their decision to step down. Colors has received criticism from conservative media and the black community. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Even even other Black Lives Matter people are like, wait a second, she bought how much property? <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, hold on. How much money did she take from Black Lives Matter? Because most of the people I think who probably work in Black Lives Matter aren't seeing that much money. You know, they're probably getting paid something. Mm -hmm. But they're probably 
low lower middle class, maybe middle class, and she's rich. I mean, she's clearly rich now, right? She's a millionaire, and they're just like, "Whoa, I'm we're not millionaires. What the hell?" And yeah, I mean, good on her. She started a movement, but she started a movement based on lies, based on a whole con. That's why I call her con man colors. Uh, last month, Brianna Taylor's mom lashed out at Black Lives Matter amid reports that the co-founder Patrice Colors was living a lavish lifestyle in millionaire uh, million-dollar homes. Last year, Brianna Taylor was killed during a knock and announce drug raid during which her boyfriend shot at police and they returned fire. Yeah, I, the whole Brianna Taylor thing to me is very weird because yeah, maybe she didn't deserve to get shot, but you know, it was a sad story, but it certainly wasn't. A, you know, it wasn't a problem with like police corruption or racism. That was not the issue. But they always turn it into that. They always turn it into that. I've never personally dealt with BLM Louisville, and I personally have found them to be beef. I have and personally have found them to be fraud. Attica Scott, another fraud, Brianna's mom, Tamika Palmer said in a Facebook post. Interesting. I could walk in a room full of people who claim to be here for Brianna's family who don't even know who I am. I've watched y'all raise money on behalf of Brianna's family who has never done a damn thing for us, nor have we needed it or asked. So talk about fraud. Um, And yeah, that's the problem, right? So they all say, look at these people who were shot. Look at these people who were killed. Look at these people who suffered. Send us money so that we can deal with these problems. And then they just take the money and they buy houses with it went to black people. No. Well, it did go to one black person, Patrice Conman Colors, a I black mean... lesbian who wanted a nice house. Um, I could walk around... Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, when confronted about the real estate buying spree, Colors said she actually practiced Marxism and helping black people by buying millions in real estate and choosing to live... It- oh, wait, sorry, hold on. When confronted about her real estate buying spree, Colors said she's actually practicing Marxism and helping black people by buying millions in real estate and choosing to live in a posh, mostly white neighborhood. Is that a joke? I don't understand that last sentence. I, I don't know. Who wrote, who wrote this article? Christina Layla. Christina Layla. I don't understand this <laughs> paragraph. Got to fix that. All right. Well, other than the last paragraph, an excellent article. Uh... I hate Black Lives Matter. I am happy, though, that our country is no longer, um, you know, that people are fighting back about against this stuff, though, and we're no longer just giving money to black people because they're black. Oh, the farmers deserve more money because they're black farmers. Oh, you know, black people deserve more money just because they're black. No, they don't. No, they don't. If if we want to give out charity as 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 American people, as an American culture, if we want to give out charity to people who are suffering, find the people who are actually suffering. Don't just give it to people because of the color of their skin. That's ridiculous. Democrats, I got one message for you. Stop being racist. And that's that. Darling, do you have anything to say about this? No. Come on. You can I think don't. of something. Okay. All right. Guys, I tried. I tried. But at the end of the day, that is it for that story, and that is it for the news. So, super chats? Huh? I think we have like a couple super chats. Yeah, let's move on to the chats. Let's move on to the chat room. There is a super chat from Big Le- Big Leaf eighty five. Mm-hmm. 
Is it correct? Uh, Big Lee? Big Lou. Big Lou, 85. Big Lou, 85. I guess he's, he was born in 1985. His name's Lou, and he's a big dude. <laughs> That's my guess. As a former Detroit Lake camper. Hey, nice. So he, so he used to live near where I lived, Detroit Lake. Really? Is, yeah, yeah. And say, have, have I taken you to Detroit Lake ever? I think we've driven past there. Maybe. maybe. Uh, let me read it. As a former Detroit Lake camper through the 90s, I hope to see this show back soon. Good luck. I'll be watching Mr. Reagan, uh, which reminds me, I need to go get caught up on those videos. Yeah, I've been posting a lot of videos. A lot of them are uh, clips from this show um, that I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. Um, but I did learn a lot from this show, and so I'm going to apply some of what I learned from this show to my Mr. Reagan show. So that, there will be some format changes a little bit from time to time on Mr. Reagan, but for the most part, it'll mostly stay the same. Uh, but thank you, Big Lou, for the support. 20 bucks coming from Big Lou. I am happy to, to, uh, that, that, you know, to see somebody from my home area. Uh, uh, having seen the show, appreciate it. Um, gosh, I miss Oregon, you guys. Uh, I'm actually probably going to fly up there soon. Because Katie's got a birthday. When? I'll tell you when we're off the air. <laughs> but I was thinking about flying up. You don't have to go. You can if you want. Uh, I just don't know what's the day. But I am I am unusually fat right now. I actually weigh the most I've ever weighed in my life. So I'm a little bit uh, a little bit embarrassed to go see the family. But I may anyway because you know it's Katie's birthday. We'll we'll figure it out. We may be busy. We may not be able to make it, but that's the that's the potential plan. All right. Uh, you got want to read another one? This one I read before. I did not understand. Oh, AR fifteen. Kyle says, uh, I remember my first show. I saw here Valeria came out of the out of the show naked, out of the shower naked. I stayed for the political stuff. It's a shame I won't see her. Uh, uh, pregnant, pregnant. <laughs> Did you ever come out of the shower? You know, you maybe you did. Maybe you, you said had... it off the on the air, but I was Yeah, you were over I the didn't other actually room. like come on. You didn't man. go on camera. No. That's like true. I was like, do I not remember something? <laughs> what did I like? Yeah, that's right, that's right. I don't know. That's embarrassing. Okay. Oh, Yankee the Rebel is like uh taking people out. There's somebody on here named Team Vid who's been uh it looks like he's spamming the, the chat section. Okay, here we go. Frank James. You want to read Frank James? Yeah. Notice how the people who claim that there is a systemic racism are making the system racist. Yeah. Well, exactly right. I was, That's I was, true. It's a weird thing to use the excuse of you're racist in order to be racist. You you just you just discriminated against those white people. Well, yeah, because white people are racist, so they deserve it. I mean, you can really say that about anyone. Like, you just murdered that random person. Yeah, but he looked like the murdery type. He looked like he was a murderer, so I murdered him so that he wouldn't murder other people. Uh, well, he didn't do he didn't murder anyone. That this situation with racism, how white people are racist, they're not helping black people at all. They're just making the situation worse. Yeah, yeah. You can't be racist against white people because you think they might do something racist in the future. Like, if they have done something racist, yeah, then point at them and say, you did something racist. But until then, lay the F off. Uh, Jay Heath, 5150. Thank you, Chris and Valeria, for all the content you've produced on this show. I've watched you every day since the first stream. It'll be truly missed. God bless you both. Well, thank you, Jay Heath. 
I I am gonna miss this show so much. This is this is like one thing in my day that uh, that I always look forward to. The only reason I I sometimes I'm like stressed about the show or hesitant of the show is because I have maybe some other stuff I need to do during the day and I will get stressed out sometimes like, ah, oh, crap, I got to do the show. Right. And I, and I missed a couple of episodes, but for the most part we did it every single day. And honestly, it's one of my favorite things to do. Weirdly, I really maybe do we enjoy will it. Come back. Who knows? I we may know. come back. We may bring it back one day. Because we're just taking a long vacation slash still working Yep. And, yeah, we're uh, going to be working. We're going to go on a couple of trips. But um, Abel Garcia writes, since today's the last show, we will miss you and Valeria. Hope you two could do the show again soon. Um, can we get an Ashton Cam show? Uh, no, because our cat's name's Aston, not Ashton. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being a dick. Uh, yeah, we should we should just we should just put a camera on Aston and have it just like twenty four seven. We'll hire somebody and just have them follow Aston around with a camera and just live stream that. That's pretty funny. Uh, Jeff Beal writes, Today I mocked a liberal, and for some reason I used the voice that you used for them. You've rubbed off on me. Excellent. Yes, every time that you, every time that you try to uh, imitate a liberal, you should always talk like that. He's here, Aston, by the way. Oh, yeah. If you want to see Aston, he's... Uh... Hold on, guys. There you go. There he is. There he is with Valeria hanging out. Frank James writes, thanks for the months of TM bingo. Toxic masculinity bingo. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah. I Did I tell you they were doing a bingo game where they will fill in things? I know. If, yeah, okay, There's so know. many bingos. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think, is that it? Is that, is that all the comments and questions? Yep. Aston Cam. Yeah. Oh, it's a sad moment. It's a sad moment to leave the show. I don't want to do it, but uh, it's got to happen at some point. So at 7.10 p.m., <clears throat> at 7.10 p.m., we're going to say goodbye. So, um, you know, everybody say goodbye to Ashley. She worked hard on this show. She's going to keep working with me on uh, on Mr. Reagan. So you're going to see some stuff that uh, we we prepared together for that show. And uh, hopefully this will give me enough time to get the dang cartoon out. Finally, a year later after I planned the cartoon and um, many, many misfires trying to get that show going. And it was just so much work. And, uh, you know, once we would... a nice raccoon. Is it about our cat? (laughs) Yeah, I think you're talking about the cat. Uh, It's, you know, I've tried to... I tried to create a script. Then I would try to get an episode out. And then something would happen. The very first thing that we did for that cartoon, the very first thing that I made... um, was uh, a bit where I showed that uh, Ilhan Omar was bald underneath her hijab, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And immediately after I produced that video, um, Ayanna Presley came out and said that she actually was bald. And I think it was because of the cartoon I made, which made me feel really bad. And we had to kind of retool the cartoon a little bit. Also, it was taking too long to do the animations for their their actual limbs, and it didn't look very good. And so I was trying to rework that. And uh, I tried to bring in other people. There was a few more misfires, but I think we finally got something good now. It's not going to be... By the way, I can I can announce, Abel Garcia writes, here's a super chat for everyone who can't donate one, which when when can we see a video of you and Elijah? Uh, when are we going to see Elijah? Um, 24, June 24th, 29, June yeah. 24th? Mm-hmm. Probably June 24th. I'm going to go see Elijah. Maybe. So maybe we'll do a video together. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I finally figured out a method that I think is good to make this a cartoon. And I can announce here, for those who are still watching, that I think, I don't know for sure, but I think 
that the cartoon is going to be called The Swamp. I think it's going to be called The Swamp. Um, that's what I want to call it. My my friend wants to name the main character, give his make his last name King, and call I the show. I wouldn't say this because somebody might produce it. Just so you know, just don't don't say stuff like this. I'm not. What are you talking? About? I'm going to put it out soon. We're going to probably put it out within the month. Yeah, I'm. I'm not okay. So uh, Kurt wants to maybe name the main character King something King, and then call the show um, the Swamp King. <laughs> But I don't think so. I think I'm just going to call it the swamp and leave the puns out of it, uh, even though it is a comedy show. But I haven't decided one one way or the other. We'll we'll figure it out. I'll tell Elijah hi for you. And um, Magic Box wrote something in Russian for you. What did he say? It's my friend. Oh, hello, friend. Hello, it's Elena. Elena. Yeah, hello, Elena. Good to see you. Good to see you. All right. Well, thank you guys for your hearts. Uh, thank you for your uh, lovely messages. Uh, thank you for uh, all watching and being a part of this awesome uh, experiment that we did that didn't work out as well as I thought it was going to. A bit of a failure in, in one way, but a huge success in another way because I got to have a kind of extended family with all you guys and and uh, really appreciate it. Valeria, do you want to say anything to everybody before we go? It was nice chatting with all of you. Like seeing all of these uh, things that you uh, said about me. I mean, 99.9% was good. 99.9%, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think we will We will do... We might do live streams on your Mr. Reagan, so... Occasionally, yeah. We will. I'm not going to like For disappear sure. forever. Yeah. Just really nice. It was really nice seeing all so many good comments... Yeah. Super chats. Thank you, guys. All of yeah. you. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's sad. Sad day. Sad day. But uh, we, we, you guys are amazing. You guys are awesome. We're going to miss you. And we will see you again in the future. And we'll, I'll catch up to you guys probably tomorrow on Mr. Reagan. So, all right. We'll see you then. All right, guys. Have a good night. Have a good day. Goodbye. Toxic masculine.